welcome to the Life's Necessities and Luxuries radio show. Today, our host, Dawn Marie Nutel, your life's commodities broker, will bring you fashion, beauty tips, business acumen, teach you where to find the life's greatest necessities and the finest luxuries. Now, here's Dawn Marie. Hey, it's Dawn Marie here. Today we will be discussing how negativity can make us sick in the long run and how we can clear out the cobwebs of negative thinking, how to change our mindset and help banish anxiety once and for all so that we can live a happy and sane life. Today's guest is Dr. Steve Taubman, author of the book Unhypnosis, which shows you how to release your brakes, snap out of your comfort zone, and accomplish more than you ever thought possible. Dr. Steve has developed a series of insightful fun presentations about how to master the subconscious mind. He has hypnotized over 40,000 people. He helps people remove mental barriers to success and live thriving lives. So without further ado, let's welcome Dr. Steve. Hi, Dr. Steve. Thank you so much for being here today. How are you doing? Don Marie, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. And you? Awesome. Thank you so much for asking. So, so tell me, Dr. Steve, how did you come up with the book on hypnosis? Oh, that's a great question. Well, as you may or may not know from reading some of my backstory, uh, back in my early days, I was, uh, I was a fairly anxiety-ridden, nervous guy with a lot of depression. And even when I became successful in business as a chiropractic physician, uh, I carried a lot of that emotional content with me, a lot of just... Tough stuff. You know, it's hard to carry all that anxiety with you when you're trying to succeed and interact with people. So that was always kind of in the background for me, and it, it, it made me start looking for, you know, what's, what do we know? What's been studied about the human mind and about our emotions and our beliefs? And I started making a study of that many, many years ago, over 30 years ago, actually now probably closer to 40 years ago, and have been studying it ever since. Well, what happened was, as I continued in my chiropractic practice, uh, I got to a point where I realized there was something more for me. I just felt pulled to do something else other than just be a practitioner. And I sold my practice, and I took a couple of years and uh, just sort of reinvented my life. And what I came back to, once it was time to start working again, was I had become a stage hypnotist. I was performing hypnosis shows uh, for uh, all corporate groups, colleges. Uh, I actually was the official hypnotist for spring break and was going to places like Jamaica and Barbados and El Salvador and the Bahamas and performing my show all over the place. And what happened was I was doing a show one day on the beach in, I believe, Negril Beach, Jamaica, and uh, I decided to try a new routine. I'd never done it before. I wasn't sure how it was going to play out, but I figured it was worth a try. And I took one of my subjects who was hypnotized, and I said, when you wake up, three things are going to happen. I said, number one, you don't believe you're hypnotized, even though you are. I said, number two, this is the worst show you've ever seen, and you're aggravated with me. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, number three, there's an invisible wall three feet in front of you. So I woke everybody up, and I said, how's everybody doing? And this one guy screams, you suck. (laughs) I said, whoa, whoa, what's the matter? He said, the show is terrible. I said, well, then leave. And the guy gets up out of his chair. He takes three steps, and he essentially smacks into the invisible wall. Both his hands go up, and he has this look of, you know, complete interruption. He can't move. 
and he starts pushing on this invisible wall as if it's really there, and he, he puts a bit of effort into it. He finally gives up, and he sits back down, and he crosses his arms, and he starts to pout. And I say, you know, what's going on? He says, nothing. I said, are you hypnotized? He says, no. I said, are you having fun? No. I said, well, why don't you leave? And he thinks for a minute, and he finally says, I'm not going to give you the satisfaction. <laughs> yeah. So it, what became very clear to me in that moment was that we all do this. You see, we all have somewhere we want to go in our lives. We have a, a goal, a direction, a dream, a hope, a vision for what our life could be. And we might start moving toward it if we have sufficient desire or drive. But most of us, many of us certainly, at some point hit an invisible wall. And it's not necessarily an external thing. It's not necessarily that we don't have the money or the time or, or, the, or the knowledge or the resources. It's almost always more like there's something inside of us that, that stops us. And we, it might show up as fear or anxiety or self-sabotage. But somehow we have this wonderful dream or desire for our lives. But we, despite our effort to move towards it, move to it, we end up hitting our invisible walls. And we don't understand why. So we try to apply more effort, like this guy trying to get through the invisible wall. And the effort doesn't do it. And then we eventually sit down and give up like that guy did and make excuses like that guy did. And, and the punchline of all that is, well, he didn't think he was hypnotized, but he was. And what about the rest of us? Is it possible that each of us in our own way is just a little bit hypnotized? Is it possible that each of us to some extent over the course of our lives have been programmed have been made to believe certain things about ourselves that aren't necessarily true except in our own minds. You know, a lot of times when I'm working with women, um, some of those things that stop them, they've got to be polite. They can't, they can't uh, disagree with somebody because it's, because it's impolite. Or maybe they feel that they can't have more power than a man. Or maybe they feel like uh, it would be rude to ask somebody uh, to, you know, to close a sale or something. So there are all these different things that are unquestioned programs, hypnotic programs that are, that are floating around in our minds, almost like a, like a hard drive with a virus. And despite our best effort, we don't get the results we want. And it's kind of like driving around with your brake pushed in. You know, you might still be stepping on the gas. You might still want to get somewhere. But as long as that brake is pushed in, you're working at a grave disadvantage. So, so having had that experience on stage that one day, it really got me thinking about that. It really got me thinking about human potential and what we can or can't accomplish and how our thoughts may be interrupting our potential. So I sat down and I, I ended up writing a book called Unhypnosis, How to Wake Up, Start Over, and Create the Life You're Meant to Live, and the whole objective of that book is to help give people first insight and second resources. So first you have to understand that that's what's going on for you because otherwise you're not going to do anything. Like Gurdjieff, the philosopher, said the first step for, for escaping from prison is realizing you're in prison. <laughs> right? So first you have to realize, first you have to see how this thing that I'm describing is showing up in your life. You know, how is your anxiety, your fear showing up in your life? 
And what is it costing you? What is, what's the cost of, of having these stuck places inside of you? What does it cost to be driving around with your brakes pushed in? Now, if it were an engine in a car or the wheels on the car, you would say, well, I'd be wearing out my brakes or I'd be wearing out my engine. And that's what we're doing to ourselves. We're wearing ourselves out. And so many of us are so terribly overburdened or overwhelmed or exhausted or discouraged because of this dichotomy between what we want and what we believe we're capable of having. And the, the solution, the answer to this terrible dilemma, just like with hypnosis, the, the solution is waking up. The solution is discovering how these programs are running your life and then beginning to wake up from them. So that means noticing what you're not yet noticing. We all have blind spots, right? We're walking around with tunnel vision. So it's about broadening your perspective. And we, we teach people tools to do that, things uh, like, like mindfulness meditation, just how to quiet your mind and, and start getting out of your head and into the present moment, um, taking breaks periodically, doing certain kinds of writing exercises that, that make you more self-aware, more conscious of what's going on inside your own head. And what's really interesting is that once we start being aware of that stuff, there doesn't always have to be a lot we need to do with it. Like if you suddenly wake up one day and you realize that you've been telling yourself that you're not enough, but you've never realized it because while you're saying it to yourself, you're just accepting it or believing it. And then one day you awaken and you're like, wow, you know, I just noticed that there's that voice and then it made me feel this feeling and then I bought into it. And now you're looking at it from a higher level of consciousness. You're looking at it with more perspective. And from a higher perspective, you have more choice, and it becomes easier to start letting that stuff go. So people become more vibrant and alive and what I call awake. They become more mindful. They become more present. Um, and what, what we see in people who do that is we see that they become better listeners. You know, I know we all know people who... Uh, they, they just don't listen very well. They're kind of distracted. And they think they're getting away with it, but you and I both know that when you're talking to somebody like that, you're very aware that they're not listening. And because they think they're getting away with it, they don't equate that to you know, how it's affecting them in their lives. Maybe they don't realize that people are put off by some aspect of their, their behavior. And, and so they're not getting the results they want. Maybe they're not getting ahead in life. Maybe they're not getting promoted when they should because of things that they're not even aware of. But when they gain higher levels of awareness, when they become more present, then they tune in. They become better listeners. They become more efficient. They get more done in less time because if you're completely focused on what you're doing, you're going to do it more effectively. Uh, they have a better sense of humor because they're not running a program in their head that tells them what should or shouldn't be. So if something happens, instead of rejecting it, they just notice it. And, I mean, I don't know if you've ever noticed, uh, Don uh, Marie, but most comedians are talking about stuff that's not working. True. They're right? making fun Home of their fault. Right. Yeah. Right. So, that's, so comedy is essentially... Um, Drama or tragedy plus distance, right? Something went wrong, and then you got enough emotional distance from it to be able to think it's funny and talk about it. 
and then you go home and you and you tell your friends about the you know about the rotten vacation you had and everybody has a good laugh because you've now got some emotional distance from it well why wait why not learn how to get that distance right away so that whatever has happened whatever crisis or annoyance or you know a frustrating person you're dealing with that you have enough perspective to kind of keep it in a humorous place instead of being put upon so now we, we know that, as I just said, there are these various signposts of being awake, a better sense of humor, being more creative, more resourceful, uh, and all those sorts of things. And the long-term effect of that is that we live longer and we're healthier. Because when you're worrying and when you're feeling lousy and when you're ruminating and your brain is churning things, um, you don't even necessarily realize it, but your blood pressure goes up. Uh, you're holding your stomach more tightly. You're not digesting your food as well. Uh, you're not breathing as deeply. So there are a lot of physiological things that change when you start developing those, those um, shifts in perspective. Um, another one that just popped into my mind, uh, and by the way, Don Marie, I know I tend to just ramble on, so if, I, if you want me to stop and turn in a different direction, please just turn. No, no, keep going. It's, it's, it's all great. Okay, good. So uh, one of the things that just popped into my mind was um, something called mindful eating. You know, most people who have weight problems have weight problems not because they're gluttons or because they, um, they're greedy um, or even because they have a, a metabolism problem. Now, those things could maybe be uh, participants, but they're often not. In fact, what usually causes people to gain excess weight is that they're eating mindlessly. They're not focused on what they're doing. So they're, you know, they may be watching TV while they eat their meal or eating a bag of chips. And because they're not in touch with their own inner signals, they just keep on blowing right past them. They just keep on eating and eating and eating, and the only signal they get is when the bag is empty. True, and they say it takes about 20 minutes for the brain to tell you that it's full. That's right. That's right. So, you know, it becomes uh, a matter of slowing down and being present to what you're doing. So if you want to, like, begin to lose weight, one of the first most effective things you could do is to simply eat while you're not doing anything else. You sit down at the table and eat, and, and eat more slowly and chew everything completely before you pick up your next bite. You could also, I was going to say, another very simple technique for mindful eating is use smaller plates. You see, because we are trained, we're, again, remember we said hypnotized. We are hypnotized by our parents, and they were hypnotized by their parents, and it goes all the way back, probably to the Depression or before, where people said you must finish everything on your plate. There are people starving in India. Right? And so we're subconsciously programmed to believe that if there's anything left on our plate, we've got to eat it, whether we need it or not. So if you start with a smaller plate, at least you finish that up quicker. And there was another thing I was thinking when you said that was people like to sit in front of the TV and eat, and definitely your mind is somewhere else, so you, you're just shoveling the food in without exactly. realizing what you're eating. Exactly. So there have been a lot of studies done on this. It's quite remarkable, and, and you, can, you can make a really big dent in your weight problems simply by eating mindfully. And, and, and what will happen is if you start eating mindfully, you'll start recognizing certain foods make you feel one way and other foods make you feel another way. And, you know, you might be addicted to eating that chocolate cake, but if you're really mindful, you might start to notice that after you eat it, you feel headachy and logy and blech. 
And now you start to think in a different way before you pick up that particular choice. So again, it all comes down to self-awareness, to being present, uh, to recognizing how your inner kind of automatic brain is, where, where is it leading you? How is it affecting the way you see the world around you? And we need to learn how to not be so attached to appearances. Things aren't the way we think they are. You, you see, first and foremost, you're not who you think you are. You know, we, we think we are our personalities. We think we are our thoughts, but we're not. You have thoughts. You have a personality, but those are not you. You're not limited by those things. You can actually change your thoughts. You can change your beliefs. And for me as a hypnotist, I get to play with this all the time. I, I, can, I can take a, a devout Republican and a devout Democrat who would argue their point of view to the death and switch them with each other. And suddenly the, de- the Democrat is a Republican and the Republican is a Democrat. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling. And now I don't leave them that way. But, and it would take a little more work to leave them that way. It's not like, you know, a hypnotist could come along and completely change your personality and beliefs in a single session without your desire to do so. But you can definitely play with perception. You can definitely see how uh, you can change some, what somebody believes in a moment. And as their belief changes, so does their rationale, their, the way that they use their logic, um, what they believe is important. So now I'm not suggesting that that means that everybody's going to go out and get hypnotized. What I'm saying is that's a point of awareness. That's something we need to be aware of, that all the stuff that you think is so vitally important to think about, all the stuff that you're absolutely convinced is true about you and about the world around you and about your annoying boss is just the way you see it through your eyes based on your beliefs. That's it. And all of that can be changed. We have so the can power. I ask a question yeah. on that? Okay, so we all have excess baggage that we carry around day to day. And what is it? We have like, you know, 125,000 thoughts a day or some crazy number. Uh, most of them are like negative or just fear-based. So how can they actually change the thought process to become a more positive human being? That's a great question. So the first thing, as I said, you know, in principle, is realizing that that's going on, right? So, so you wake up in the morning and you say, okay, I'm on to you, ego. I'm on to you, thought process. I'm going to be keeping a much closer eye on how you operate today. I'm not going to try to change it. I'm just going to start to record it. I'm just going to start to notice it. So one way you can do that is you get one of those little clickers, you know, the little, you know, where you, uh, like those little change counter things. The counter clicker, yeah. Yeah, and you keep it in your pocket and, you know, the counter. And then every time you realize you have a negative thought, you just click it. Don't try to change the thought. Don't try, don't, don't be mad at yourself for having the thought because if you do, guess what? That's another click, right? Right. One of the, one of the problems and one of the, one of the problems there is for all of us when we're trying to rise above our habitual negative thinking is that, the, the person that is looking at the habitual negative thinking is also habitually negative. So you notice yourself like having an angry thought and you say, damn, I can't believe I'm angry. Well, that's just being angry at your anger. Now you just, <laughs> you just like hit yourself twice instead of once. So the, the art form here, and I'm not saying it's always easy, but the art form is learning how to just notice. That's it. Not to, not to force a change and not to judge it, just to notice it. And that's the first step. Just start to notice how negative 
your mind is, how many times you say negative things to yourself. That's your first step. Okay? Your second step is learning and practicing the art of, of silence, getting your mind quiet, because it's going to serve you very, very well once you know how to sort of stand back from the whole thing. Metaphorically, it's like, the, like right now, you're in a river, that river is flowing downstream, and you're drowning in that river, <laughs> okay? That river of, of negativity. Metaphorically, what I'm talking about is you get out of the river, and you sit by the edge of the river, and you watch it go by. Up oh, there goes a negative thought. Up oh, there goes another one. Up oh, there goes another one. Wow, interesting. Now, the way you do that is by quieting your mind, by learning how to get quiet inside. So how do you do that? Well, you do it through... Uh, through practice, and practices are uh, what are called mindfulness practices. There are several of them. Uh, one simple one is when you're doing a menial task. Let's take washing the dishes, for example. When you're washing the dishes, don't watch, don't watch TV, don't be having a conversation, don't be listening to the radio, don't be thinking about what you have to do when you're done washing the dishes, and don't be ruminating about what you did before you washed the dishes. When you're washing the dishes, Wash each dish with complete focus. And a good way to practice that is um, to imagine or pretend that that dish that's in your hand right now is your cherished child. You're washing a baby. Such devotion, such presence, such complete attention to a simple act over and over and over again has a profound effect on your physiology. It'll change the way your brain works. Now, you're, natu you're naturally going to want to fight that. You're naturally going to find yourself getting lost in thought. As soon as you do, you bring your attention back to the dish. And over time, it becomes a, a practice. It becomes a, a habit. And it's better to have good habits than bad habits. And that's a good habit. Absolutely. Right? So that's, a, that's one of the ways you might start to silence or quiet your mind. Um, so that's step two. So we said step one is, is just noticing. Step two is quieting your mind. And step three is, comes from the first two, right? So it's where you bring it into the field with you, out in the battlefield of life. So now you're, you know, you're having a discussion with somebody and it starts to turn ugly and you're, and you're irritated. And, you know, your, your husband is, you know, talking about... Um, canceling the vacation that you were planning on going on, and you are just angry, and you're upset. And the natural tendency whenever you're feeling negative emotions is to try to change the situation so that the emotions are no longer there. Right? So your husband's done something, he's aggravating you, and now you want to get him to realize that he's wrong, which of course he must be. Right? So um, we put all of our effort into getting him to change so that we could feel good. And how's that working for you? <laughs> Not so good. So what do we need to do? We need to recognize that we are the only ones with the power to change that emotion that we're having. So what you do is you start to, you start to change what happens when you realize you're upset. Up to now, whenever you realize you're upset, you would get upset about the fact that you were upset, and you'd try to figure out how to fix the situation so you don't have to be upset, which often means fixing somebody else or getting them to realize what an idiot they are. Now you realize every time you're upset, it's, it's an opportunity. Oh, I'm upset. How? 
whoa, there it is. There's that thing that's ruining my life. There's that tension in my stomach that's going to turn into an ulcer if I don't do something about it. There's that feeling. And you de-emphasize what caused it. It doesn't matter what caused it, quite frankly. So today it was your husband. Tomorrow it will be traffic. It's just something happened. Someone happened. And now you're feeling this feeling. Okay? So now if you can de-emphasize the cause, if you could step away from the thing that caused it to happen and then just direct your attention to the feeling itself, that's called witnessing. Witnessing is where you get out of your head and into your body. Stop thinking the thoughts that are making you feel lousy and now just sort of notice what lousy feels like. And again, what did I say? It's a practice. That means that when you first start doing this, you're going to get pulled right back into the drama within 30 seconds. You're going to like notice the pain in your stomach and then about a second later you're going to notice that you're blaming your husband again. But the objective is to say, okay, it doesn't matter what caused this feeling. I'm going to sit and absorb the feeling. I'm going to embrace the feeling. I'm just letting myself feel the feeling. I'm going to breathe into it and not feel like it's bad or wrong or it shouldn't be there. It's going to go away like everything else always goes away if you just give it a little space. Stop throwing logs on the fire. The fire will go out. So you develop that, that technique of using all of your upsets as a vehicle for consciousness, as a way of practicing letting go. And you start getting better and better and better at it. And one day you realize, you know, you have a fight with somebody and you instantly get out of the, the, the thought content. You instantly go to the feeling. You breathe a few times. You feel it in your body and then it kind of just evaporates. And wow, suddenly I'm no longer at the effect of the traffic or the slow waitress or the obnoxious sales clerk or my husband or whatever, I'm no longer at the effect of that. I am at cause. I am causing my own response because I now have the tools to do it. It's amazing because I have learned, well, I've taught myself some of that over the years so that I could keep my sanity. But... I know, just driving in traffic in the morning that I see a beautiful sunrise and I wonder with the hundreds of cars that are around me, is anyone else noticing that sunset as a sunrise that's happening or if you're coming home from work if there's a sunset going on? That's because great. I feel like, you know, people just, they're so oblivious and they're always, their mind is always racing yep. onto the next thing instead of slowing down the pace to say, let me enjoy the moment, be in the now and appreciate what I have, you know, <laughs> instead of... And, and, you know, here's what happens, because we all resist that because we think, I've got a lot to do. I don't have time for that foolishness. But the people who are truly effective, they have the time for that. Because there's something that shifts in their brain that, you know, they can put all of their attention on that sunset. They can really drink it in. And because they were fully fed by that sunset... The next minute, they could be just as fully invested in whatever the challenges that they have to deal with because they're learning the art of focus. And you, if you're going to have to learn the art of focus, why not start with something like a beautiful sunset? Exactly. And you know, I used to live in New York City where it was the, the noise and the sound. It was such a constant. Uh, I had to always try to find a simple little place to go where it was quiet, and it was really imp almost nearly impossible. Yeah. And, 
it, it got to the point where I would just travel up north to go up to a mountain and sit on mountains mountain for an hour. Yeah, yeah that's great. Away because it was so insane. But um, getting back to the, the hypnotizing, um, you've, you've hypnotized over 40,000 people. What kind of transformations have you seen them overcome by doing the work that you do with them? Well, let me give you an example. Um, I, um, I've done a lot of speaking and a lot of coaching in, the, in what's called the uh, direct selling world. So direct selling would be companies like Avon, Arbonne, Mary Kay, Tupperware, those kind of companies. Mm-hmm. You know, those are where they have home parties and, uh, you know, sell a product at the home party and then maybe get somebody else at the party to become, uh, to do the same thing you do. So then, so it's like a network marketing kind of a model. Right. Right? So I've spoken to a lot of those kind of companies. And the way it started, way back um, like 10, 11 years ago, I guess 11 years ago, I was, um, I, I, was at a, I was at an event in Florida uh, with Bob Berg, uh, who wrote The Go-Giver and Endless Referrals. Great, great speaker, uh, wonderful entrepreneur, and just a really nice guy. And he, he had assembled a really great lineup of speakers and some really impressive um, business leaders to attend his, his seminar. And I was, I was doing some work with a few of them, um, on mental barriers. And I ended up meeting a woman by the name of Nikki Kiahohu, a Hawaiian last name. And Nikki was the president and founder of the Direct Selling Women's Alliance, uh, which is how I ended up working in that industry. Now, now Nikki uh, recognized that there was a problem in the industry, that women would join these companies and then they would do nothing and then they would quit. And she felt if she could train them properly that a lot more of these women would stick around and they would succeed and, and the, the industry as a whole would grow. So first she brought in trainers to help with the, the, the rudiments, the fundamentals, like how do you sell, how do you recruit, how do you prospect. Um, and then she brought in inspirational speakers um, to you know, get people pumped up. You can do it. You've got what it takes, uh, what the mind can uh, what is it, perceive and believe it can achieve. Um, you know, like Walt Disney said, if you can dream it, you can do it. So, you know, all that kind of positive self-talk stuff. She brought people in to talk about that. And then she hired me. And the reason was because although inspiration and training were both really helpful, they weren't enough. These women really needed to learn how to see themselves differently. They needed to see themselves as professionals. So, what I did was I came in and I, I was showing them how they could reprogram their minds. And we actually created an audio program. I'll tell you how you guys can get it in a few minutes. But an audio program that people would, they would listen to at home for, over the course of a few weeks. And as they would listen to it, it would reprogram their thinking so that it would help them kind of let go. Well, first it would quiet their minds, like we talked about getting quiet give them the opportunity to see where some of those barriers really were inside of their subconscious, release that stuff, and then re-implant positive messages um, that were kind of the thought patterns of a lot of the most successful entrepreneurs out there. So, so that was the, the tool, the technique that we taught them. And in the first, you know, the first team we put through this program, that team was able to increase the revenue by a little under $100,000 in just a month 
But we also had people like, uh, I remember one woman by the name of Lori Hayes who came to me with tears in her eyes uh, to report that for the first time in her life she was feeling happy and successful. Because it's about congruence, right? It's about do your beliefs line up with your actions? If you're doing something and you're not believing in it, you're not going to get results or you're going to work really hard for very few results and you're probably going to feel kind of bad. But when you release the negativity and you implant positive beliefs, then that other stuff becomes much more effortless and it just sort of happens. And, you know, why, why else are some people very good at something and other people aren't very good at it if they're doing the same thing? You see that all the time and, you know, you, you get trained, you know what you're supposed to say when you walk into that sales call, then how come not everybody's getting the same results? And the answer is very simple. It's mindset. What are you believing while you're saying it? So that's a good example of how um, using hypnosis in, a, in an empowering way, because that's what we're, you know, the audio program that we put people through was a, was a hypnosis process. And the beauty of it is that most hypnosis, well, all hypnosis really, if you think about it, is self-hypnosis. You know, even when I'm on stage and there's a bunch of people on stage and I'm having them do all those silly things, what I'm doing is I'm suggesting something. I'm saying something out loud. They then have the, the, the choice to accept it or reject it. I'm a guide. I'm like the, you know, I'm saying if you do this and you close your eyes and you breathe three times this way and do that, then you're going to start to experience a trance. But I could teach you how to do that at home by yourself. And then you could write down a series of suggestions for yourself and you could essentially use the same technology to change the things that you're not liking about yourself, your habits, your beliefs, your fears, your habitual emotions, your judgments. All that stuff is changeable if you know how to speak to the subconscious mind. That is wonderful. I mean, and I truly believe that because I have been my own guinea pig basically over the years with trying to retrain my brain because I know as a as a young adult, I had a lot of insecurities and self-esteem issues that, and to, to this day, you still do, but you have to learn how to act as if. And, yep. you know, training the brain and getting out of that negativity to always have to, I used to use the rubber band theory. Snapping it. I read that. Yeah, snapping it on the wrist, which I thought was another great way to be cognizant of that happening so that you knew, like, oh, here goes another thought. But... Um, my point is that it's just really amazing. The more you practice it, the easier it does get. And yeah. not that you're never going to slip back into it because there's always going to be something that triggers it. But being able to catch it is really, it's, it's so amazing. Well, you know what, you know what the real um, kind of, of all, of all the things that determine whether or not you're going to be successful in this transformational process, the most important thing is necessary strength. You have to be strong enough to resist the urge to fall into those thought patterns, right? Once you know that they're there, then it's, then it's just a matter of, of not going there. But you've got all these years of habit, all these years where it's, it's just easier to think bad thoughts than it is to think good thoughts. Isn't that true? And I wonder why that is. <laughs> Practice. Because the same way that Madison Avenue knows that we could program people. Look, look I mean, plop, plop, fizz, fizz. How does that end? I think it is. <laughs> and how long ago was that on? Oh, 
too long ago. I don't even want to give my age out on that one. That's decades ago, <laughs> and you remember it like it was yesterday, and so do I. And, you know, that's exactly what it is. It's all practice. You're hearing it's repetition. So with, if you want to strengthen your ability to resist negative thinking, then you've got to strengthen your focus muscles. That's why meditation is so important. That's why, you know, these little rituals like snapping the rubber band are so important because every time you do it, you're, you're, it's like doing another push-up. You're getting a little bit stronger. You're being a little bit more likely to, to affect a change. And, and don't expect miracles overnight because if you start getting upset with yourself that you're not moving fast enough, then you're going to go in the wrong direction because, now you, because all of that is just more negativity. Very true. And, and we want that instant gratification. We want everything now, and we don't want to work for it. So I always tell my clients, like, it will happen. You just need to have some patience. And if you don't have patience, then you have to learn how to start getting some patience. Cause yeah, and be, do that, it's be compassionate fun. with yourself along the way. You know, exactly, and stop beating yourself up when you slip and fall on something, and, you know, you just got to pick yourself up and start over again. Exactly. And the, and the quicker you do it, instead of saying, oh, I failed, and I think a lot of people are afraid of making mistakes. And so I think when they have a failure, they look at it and say, oh, I'm going to give up. Because yeah, yeah, we're not very good at things. It's true. So um, my recommendation, and I know we've got to get wrapped up here soon, but I want to recommend to everybody that you um, pick one of, these, one of these things, a ritual for yourself, whether it's just snapping a rubber band on your wrist when you have a negative thought, or my personal recommendation is learn a basic meditation uh, process where you're just, you know, following your breath or noticing physical sensation. Um, you know, I've, a lot of my materials teach that, so that's one place to get it. There are, there are certainly others. Uh, but put some effort into strengthening up your focus muscles, and I promise you that within, you know, maybe a month, month and a half, you'll start to see some very definite changes in the way you carry yourself in the world and how you experience stress. So, Dr. Steve, tell us, um, where can people find you and find the books and audiobooks that you mentioned earlier and stay in touch with you and learn more about you? Oh, well, um, my website is my name, Steve Taubman. So it's Steve, T-A-U-B-M-A-N, stevetaubman.com. And once you're at my website, um, there are, well, at the bottom of the home page and some of the other pages, you will find a, uh, a web form that you can put your name in and, and that will uh, put you on my mailing list, which means you'll get informed when I put out new blogs, uh, if I'm doing any kind of a special promotion. Sometimes I send out a little free gift. Uh, so I would suggest definitely getting on my mailing list. You'll also get the first 40 pages of my book for free uh, you know, as a digital download. So it'll, it'll get you on the, on the path. And you know, that way if you like what you read, um, then you can get the book. Now, all of the products uh, that I have created, my unhypnosis book, which is to reinvent your life, uh, the audio program we just talked about is called Unhypnosis for Network Marketers or Direct Sellers, Network Marketers, and Entrepreneurs. And it's really to reprogram your mind for success and to change your beliefs. Um, I also have something for sales professionals that helps them uh, develop rapport more quickly. It's called uh, The Magic of Inner Selling. And my latest, greatest favorite program my baby, is called Procrastination Annihilation. <laughs> and it's really a program to help people uh, 
to get off their butts and get things done. And it's not to work harder, it's to work less hard. So that if you if you get things done, then you have more time to have fun. I love it. I think I have to. So those are all programs that are there on my site. And by the way, because uh, I really appreciate you for inviting me here, Don Marie, and I you know I'd like to extend uh, some gratitude to all of your listeners. Uh, let me give you all a uh, a coupon code, and if you use this coupon code within the next I think the next week or so, um, and I'll keep it up until after this has broadcasted a little while, and but I don't know when I'll take it down. But if you, uh, whatever you decide you're going to purchase, put it on the shopping cart using, you know, on, from the page on my on my site. And when you're ready to check out, there's a an upper right hand corner of the of the uh, order form of the shopping cart page. There's a place you could put in a code, a coupon code. Put in the word happy with all capitals. And if you put in the word happy with all capitals, you'll get 20% off whatever you buy. Well, thank you, Dr. Steve. That's really really generous of you. Thank you for doing right. that. My pleasure. Well, this has been a lot of fun, and uh, you asked some good questions. You got me off and running on this, so now I'll be thinking about it for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would love to get you back on the show in the future, and especially with your procrastination, I can definitely uh, get into talking about that because that's one of my favorite topics, actually. <laughs> oh, great. Well, that could be a whole other conversation if you want. Exactly. So I'll have to talk to you when we end this call about trying to get you back on the show for that. Beautiful. So, so much for having me, Dunry. Thank you, Dr. Steve. Take and care. To the listeners out there, thank you so much for joining us today. And remember, it's never too late to begin to live the life that you deserve to live. Until the next time, I'll catch you on the flip side. Namaste. If you like what you hear, tell someone. If you like what you hear, be a dear and pass it on. Don't forget to stop at our website, www.lifesnecessitiesandluxuries.com for more tips, tricks, tutorials to live a very necessary and luxurious life.